A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Now, when the days of their purification were fulfilled, according to the teaching of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Holy One. As it is written in the teaching of the sovereign God, every male who opens the womb as firstborn shall be called holy to the sovereign one. So they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the teaching of the Holy One, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout waiting to welcome the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit, she rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Messiah of the Most High God. Led by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under that which was taught, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, You release now your slave in peace, Master, according to your word, for mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, in light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's mother and father were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is set for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign provoking contention. Also, your own soul and sword will pierce so that the true hearts of many will be revealed. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Let us sing the prophet Anna's song, number 208, 208, with Mary sing Magnificat, with Miriam dance in praise, with prophet Anna speak a word of faith and joy ablaze. And I invite you to stand in body or in spirit for this hymn.
Please excuse us for one moment while we get our tech straight. We had it working earlier, so we just trust that we will again. Okay, I think we can all see it now. Yes, good. Sorry. Salam alaikum. Assalamu The peace of God be with you in Arabic and Kurdish. We hear so often. We come to worship together to listen biblically and to live biblically. The heart of biblical listening and to live is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is good news for those who dare to listen and live faithfully and the poor and the oppressed, and to live with them. It is bad news for those who claim Jesus while rejecting Jesus' life and teaching. Biblical listening and living means letting the first century Palestinian Jesus inform our 21st century world and worldview and form our lives. Our worship season is guided by Wilda Gaffney in the Women's Lectionary for the Whole Church, the inspiring work of a womanist biblical scholar and the Episcopal priest, Wilda Gaffney. Megan has long introduced her to us and in the past few weeks. I'm finally getting acquainted with her prophetic biblical work and her life. And she raises, Gaffney asks us a key question in one of the places I was reading her words. If the gospel isn't good news to the women in the passage, is it still good news? It's a rhetorical question. But she goes on, women and their bodies and reproductive biology are treated as dangerous and in need of control, manifesting a bias against women inconsistent with the full humanity and the image of God. Now in Luke's gospel we hear this morning, takes us with Mary and Joseph, as we've already heard in the children's story reference to it, and then heard, heard it just read to us again, that Jesus, that it takes us with Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus to the temple, presumably for Mary's purification ritual after giving birth. 
a women, woman's purification after giving birth, manifesting this bias against women about what's clean and unclean and what you have to do for purity. Yet the gospel suddenly shifts the purification ritual and adds a prophetic character. Purification, the gospel tells us, is for both Mary and Joseph. Luke reports it this way. Did you hear it? When the days of their purification were fulfilled, they brought Jesus up to the Jerusalem to present him to the Holy One. We have this in the form of our baby blessings and dedication. So reframing the ritual purification, the gospel turns the uh, turns it around. You carry on. Okay. <laughs> and adds two devout people, two prophetic characters, Simeon and Anna are present, watching and waiting. Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus arrive and encounter Simeon and Anna. Simeon took baby Jesus in his arms and praised God. We just saw that uh, as you mimed it again here, as we heard it. And Simeon declared, this child will be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. Prophetic messengers are always opposed, revealing inner thoughts of opposers uh, against the oppressed, the opposers and oppressors. Jesus is opposed and killed then and now, has always been, and everyone who's been a prophetic messenger. So we just celebrated a week ago Martin Luther King's birthday, which would have been his 94th. But of course, he was killed in 1968, April 4th, at 39 years of age. And so now, Martin Luther King is domesticated and celebrated while rejecting his life and legacy. Or Dorothy Day is being sainted while rejecting her life and warning, don't make me a saint, she said. I don't want to be dismissed that easily. The prophet Anna devoted her life to fasting and prayer in the temple. She praised God and couldn't stop talking about this child, not just because it was a baby, but she knew what this child was to become, embodying God's redemptive transformation in and for the world. Prophetic Anna truly sees injustice in need of redemption here and now in this life and world. The transformation of all discrimination and oppression, transforming violence that dehumanizes and demonizes what God has created. Prophetic words and witness see and critique systems of injustice, revealing transforming visions for God's love, peace, Injustice. I'm sorry for the interruption. Our people on Zoom can't see it. So oh, we're just going to do a quick okay. Let's adjustment. Yes. And 
I think now. So if we go to we pick up the wrong one. How do you and then how can you get to the PowerPoint? And then he's gonna zoom in on this on the screen Which so they'll be able be to see that screen. Share screen. There we go. One. Yep. And then share. Oh don't don't share screen. Oh. Oh it's instead of sharing screen, you're just gonna do it from your computer. Oh, it is? so is that mm -hmm. okay? And then go to oh no, stop share. Stop share. Now just go to your PowerPoint and just run it from here. Okay, then I have to go. Yes. I'm so sorry for the interruption, y'all. We did do a test run, I promise, and yes. we thought we had it. And now don't worry about Zoom. Yeah. And Adam will take care of Zoom. Here. And then click okay, presentation now. mode. Which? Click presentation mode. This way? Uh huh. Okay, I think you can just use your arrow. Yep. There okay, there we yep. go. Yep. Now that should work. Thank you. Prophets create an alternative holistic consciousness, a God consciousness. Anna is creating that alternative consciousness already at the beginning of the gospel, and then the entire gospel unfolds with the prophetic life of Jesus. So in character with Anna, uh, there's lots more we could unpack in, that, in the uh, gospel. But in character with Anna, I introduce to you prophetic women in Kurdistan in whom I have seen God, as Megan had said, Joanne, Beravan, a teenage daughter, Aquima, Niaz, and Runak, Kurdish women, giving their lives to confront patriarchal and political oppression, offering an alternative consciousness to transform the world for the sake of God's salam alaikum. Joanne, seated second, right here. Actually, that's the, there, stay with that one. That's, this is, Joanne is here, here, and in the gold dress. Uh, Joanne is married to Sherwan Taha, one of the 81 Badanan prisoners an educator from Badanan. For two years, the last two years, Joanne was a sole parent of their young son and daughter under five. She lived with threats on her life, enduring daily trauma and despair. Nevertheless, Joanne traveled several hours from Duhok to Erbil, many times to offer solidarity with other Badanan prisoner families when their family members were on trial, where, where we were. That's in this picture here. I've told that story before. There's a long story behind that. And then we would gather after the trial outside where the, and she would always come and join us for that. She offers or boldly adds her voice proclaiming imprisonment of Badanan prisoners is unlawful. Lawyers for Peace and CPT 
held a, a uh, gathering in Sui to honor the Badenon prisoners and their volunteer lawyers. Joanne received the award. It was in uh, this event here, where she's talking the center, lower picture, received the award for Sherwan, who was still in prison at this time. <clears throat> and she also testified in the, in the right photo there that uh, the Canadian embassy had a round table for about a dozen uh, embassies. And Joanne was one of those who testified at that with CPT accompanying her. We were there for that event. Joanne's husband, Sherman, was released last April, and they immediately invited us, CPT, to come and celebrate with them. And so here we are with their family, jo Joanne and Sherman, in the center on the bottom there with their young child. Uh, celebrating, but celebrating with Badenon prisoners, as we always do, is, is, is a bittersweet event. For one thing, there's still other prisoners of the 81 in prison. And for another, they're under constant surveillance and threat. And also, um, they are monitored and they can't find employment again. He's a global educator. We rejoice with them for Sherwan's release, but know what they live under yet. In June, Joanne and Sherwan invited our CPT delegation back to their home in Du Oak uh, with, with our delegation. And Joanne exuded this abundant hospitality, joyful gratitude with open arms and a beaming smile, sharing tea and five decadent desserts she had spent an entire day making for us. When the delegation left, Jawan and Sherwan hugged and thanked everyone. And then as the others went out the door, they asked me to stay with them a bit. Uh, they wanted to spend some time with me. And they shared with me the stress and fear they live with every moment of every day and night, always fearing that the knock can come on the door again and Sherwan can be arrested again at any time at the whim of Asayish, the Kurdish intelligence uh, security forces. And Joanne has actually created a hiding place in her home behind a uh, closet, that hoping that they would have time for Sherwan to hide if that knock would come on the door. Bervan, in the black, in, in those two pictures here, uh, was, was the only uh, woman among the 81 Badanan prisoners, a human rights worker. She was threatened, tortured, sometimes in solitary confinement in nearly two years of imprisonment. She was released last May and immediately came to Sulemani, uh to CPT to uh, be, spend some time with us. She came while our delegation was here, and so we had her share her story with the delegation. Although she is released, she also lives with ongoing threats and surveillance. Nevertheless, Bervan is a bold prophetic voice for Azadi, freedom in Kurdish. 
Hear her words. She told us that day, if we know who we are and what we are supposed to be and do and dare to do it, nothing is impossible. I will not be silent or stop confronting oppression. After Badanan prisoner Sliman Musa's trial, his young daughter and younger brother and sister came to us with tears streaming down her face. She thanked us for accompanying uh, her family and her father through this difficult period. In the other photo then, right after uh, her father was released, then we went and celebrated with them. She is the daughter in the gold sweater on the end there. And again, she explained to us, uh, uh, talked to us, uh, thanking everyone with tears running down her cheek for supporting them during this very difficult time. Her father was a revered teacher and headmaster of a school whose primary focus was on teaching children how to make good moral decisions and be responsible citizens. Yet her father was falsely accused of plotting to overthrow the Kurdish regime. Nevertheless, this courageous prophetic young woman told us she is dedicating her life to work for human rights because of what has happened to her father. In villages across Kurdistan, we meet many people, especially male village leaders, but CPT's commitment to undoing oppression means that we navigate patriarchal culture and find ways to meet with women who really, uh, who tell us what is really happening in the village. Aklima is an unforgettable woman in the village of Dupre. She faces frequent scorn and threats for her prophetic words and witness. Nevertheless, Aklima boldly and relentlessly speaks truth to power. Uh, one time we asked her, uh, why don't you run for parliament, run for political office? And she just scoffed and said, ah, if I did that, I'd sit in their chair and become just like them. I don't think she would, but she has a point. Aklima embodies hospitality, humility, and honesty in the face of war and oppression. She's a strong woman whose body and eyes speak as profoundly and prophetically as her words. Niaz is an independent journalist devoting her life to report on and critique Kurdish government political corruption and oppression. She has long lived with threats on her life and has been arrested numerous times. She's in the red there and with her trademark scarf. And right after an arrest and trial, and the right picture where she's just holding the pen and paper up saying, I will not stop writing. And then in the lower picture here, uh, she called together other Kurdish independent journalists and asked CPT to accompany her and document, which we did, uh, what was happening and what they were talking about and so on. Uh, nevertheless, they understood, that, oh, 
Nia's told us a story after one arrest and release when we went to uh, accompany her and hear uh, her story again. She told us that when I left the house on the morning of the arrest, I kissed my mother and father's hands, which is a sign that, that I love you and I know that I may not see you or you may not see me again. I could be disappeared. That's what they understood. Nevertheless, Niaz will not be silent or stop promoting freedom of the press and speech. Niaz called this meeting of other journalists. We accompanied her for that. With CPD's help in late 2021, Niaz left Iraqi Kurdistan to escape threats on her life and live in exile. Last November 17th, the Committee to Protect Journalists, another partner of ours based in New York that we work with, uh, on November 17th, Niaz received CPJ's 2022 International Press Freedom Award. Runak and her family, her father and mother and younger sister Roya are Kurds from Iran. A decade ago, they fled from Iran to Iraq to escape Iranian oppression of Kurds. Her father and mother had both been arrested and imprisoned. And her, her father is a pistachio farmer and brought pistachio farming into Iraq and now runs a pistachio nursery. We, they're very dear friends, a whole family, as we spend uh, numerous times on the pistachio farm with them. Runak's Iranian passport expired soon after they got to Iraq, and she couldn't renew it in Iran, and Iraq wouldn't grant her a passport. So she went years without a passport or a country and couldn't travel anywhere. She finally received it last year and made her first journey to visit Armenia, actually, her first time out of the country. Runak uh, joined the CPT delegation in 2018. There's a long, wonderful story around that which changed her life. In 2019, she joined CPT and is now a, a teammate, continuing on the team in Kurdistan. And this picture on the left, Runak is taking notes, as we do when we're accompanying someone. Here we're meeting with the brother of a, a Kargar Abbas's brother. Kargar Abbas is another Badanan prisoner. In September, the death of Gina Masha Amini by Iranian morality police deeply impacted Runak. Gina was a young Kurdish woman in Iran, of course, and for Runak, it's like it's her people, her like a sister. Runak and other Kurdish women in Suleiman expressed solidarity with Kurdish women in Iran who led the cry for Jin Gina Amani, Jin Gina Azadi. Women, life, freedom. That rallying cry has gone global. It's very, very prominent in the Middle East, particularly in Iran and Iraq. Um, it's been like the Black Lives Matter and so on for us. Uh, they organized a, a solidarity with her in Suleimani, and we accompanied their solidarity in Suli. Uh, we were tear gassed, and Runak was nearly arrested again. Lots longer story there. Nevertheless, Runak is a fearless, passionate, 
prophetic woman fighting for Jin Jina Azadi. We return to the temple with the prophet Anna speaking passionately about Jesus to all who are looking for the redemption of Israel. Redemption is ongoing dynamic transformation of people and systems to become who and what God created them to be and do. To love God is to embody God's love for all people and creation. Anna and Simeon blessed Jesus into the prophetic life Jesus went on to embody. Today, as Megan noted, is Anabaptist World Fellowship Sunday, as Mennonite World Conference has called for. As a global church, we embody, uh, we follow Jesus and embody Christ on earth as God's salam, shalom. That is our prophetic calling. Prophetic life is for all of us. It is, to use uh, the words, getting in good trouble as the late civil rights leader and congressman John Lewis called us to be in due. The Anna and Simeon in my life have long been a Benedictine sister Joan Chittister and Franciscan Richard Rohr. In my years with CPT in Iraqi Kurdistan, Joan, Bervan, a young daughter, Aklima, Niaz, Runak, good troublemakers all are prophetic signs that are opposed by the powers that be and their supporters. Here again, Bedevan's prophetic word. If we know who we are and what we are supposed to be and do and dare to do it, nothing is impossible. I will not be silent or stop confronting oppression. Amen. Amen. Salam alaikum.